first appointment of the day sits opposite my chair in her usual spot. Allie, making her usual mess. Oh. Hi, Dr. Beaumont. Sorry. I know. No eating. I sit down in my chair as my eyes fall over this young woman. She sits swallowing the last of her snack, dressed neatly and staring back at me, eyes shining with fresh tears, and a half-smile that for some reason reads slightly deceptive to me. So how have you been, Allie? It seems like it's been longer than usual since we've seen each other. Yeah, it does for some reason, doesn't it? But I've been doing okay. Her okay sounding less convincing than her sorries. Okay? Last time we spoke, I wouldn't exactly describe things as okay. Cole broke up with me. My eyebrows could knit a sweater as I feel myself becoming less focused on her words, more focused on her appearance, and more deceptive in my bullshit expressions. When did this happen? Late last week. Normally I feel for this young woman, seeing a lot of myself in her. Over the years we've grown together and always had sort of a mother-daughter relationship. My heart hurts for her as the maternal side of me wants to pull her under my wing and tell her for the thousandth time that it's all going to be okay. But something else sits and watches inside of me, stopping me. My eyes wander down her body to her hands and I notice something strange, dirt under her nails. As she clutches Cole's gold locket still draped around her neck tightly in her grip. I've been staying with my parents, but... I don't know how long they're going to let me stay there. Things are... Things are different with them this time. They look at me like an anchor. I walk into the room and I feel like I've wandered up the street into a stranger's living room. I guess coming home isn't allowed anymore. My little sister sitting there looking at me the same way. But... But I guess it's good that they're even noticing me. I've been having urges again, Doctor. Bad ones. These are the violent patterns in Allie that usually happen before things go flying over the cliff, where I normally grab the wheel for her and steer her back. Her parents, seeing this over the years, never being the ones to help steer her back, but to just sit there and watch the fireball burn and fizzle out at the bottom of the mountain. So the troubled child of the family would cease being a problem and give them a reason to mourn her life that never was, rather than hate her because of their lives that never were. My words becoming more harsh within me. I've been having urges again, Doctor. Ellie, listen to me. Remember this. We've been here before. My voice catches. I look at her hands that now look even dirtier, clutching the locket, (coughs) trying to keep my words straight. Remember how we handle situations like this? We've known about Cole for a while now. We've seen his actions and the patterns within them. The dirt in her nails glaring at me. The feeling in my throat warming up. Allie, can I ask you something? Yes, doctor. What is it? My tongue being sharpened as the heat from within me builds. Can I ask you why your hands are so dirty? You have dirt all under your nails. Allie looks down, letting go of the locket, examining her hands, flipping them around and squinting. Oh... I've been working in my parents' garden. 
In this weather? Well, when it's a little more clear, so I don't feel completely useless around the house, you know? Ellie chuckles, but my face does not move as I look back at her. Suspicions rising within me and the fire entering my voice. Allie, can I ask you where you were last night? Her eyes widen and roll around the room as an answer comes to mind. The rain picking up outside. I was at home. My parents' home. Why do you ask? Why are your nails dirty, Allie? Someone else speaks now. My voice hot with anger. The phantom hand around my throat pushing me. My physical frame stiffening and leaning in with more intensity. Because of my parents' garden. Are you okay, doctor? Some very strange things have been happening and I need to know who is responsible. Doctor, I'm sorry, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Really, Allie? Do you really not know what I'm talking about? Someone was at my house last night. Are you saying you think I was at your house last night? Someone broke in and took packages. They were also mysteriously left at my door. Try thinking real hard, Allie. Where were you last night? Allie becoming more and more uncomfortable as I become more and more aggressive. Steam practically rising from my breath in this already warm room. Doctor, I don't know what to tell you, and quite frankly, I'm very offended that you think this could have been me. I know you, Allie, and I know your patterns. This is something you would do when you finally realize I'm not helping you, only pulling you out of your lulls and praising you at your peaks. Tell me why I shouldn't think this was you. I would never do something like this, Doctor, and I can't believe you would say this. Part of me crying inside, not wanting this to happen. I can't talk to you. I want to speak so bad, reach out to her holder, but I can't. The control is not in my hands. Allie, tell me what you know. I can't talk to you. What do you mean? I want to be transferred. I want. I need to meet with someone else. Allie swiftly stands up and stares down at me on the verge of a breakdown. I look up at her. My body rigid, my face vacant. Please, have someone call about possible replacements. Her eyes shining with tears. Goodbye, Lisa. Allie quickly grabs her bag from the chair and leaves me in this space. The door closes, and the silence swallows me. In this moment, the heat inside me recites like a fiery tide, and the hand around my neck loosens, the pain from that conversation hitting me like a freight train. As I look outside to see the clouds start to part, I look back at Allie's chair to see the crinkled up candy wrapper on her seat. A tear falls from my eye as I begin to feel like myself again. Lisa Beaumont's heart is at the bottom of the bay, soon to be joined by the rest of me. I've destroyed the last innocent person who saw me as me. Now I need to go meet the wizard behind the curtain. I look back outside to see that the rain has stopped, and I remember Morgan in the park. I feel the weight off of me as I stand up and move toward my coat, feeling like I ran a mile, gripping my pawn piece. The park is where I'm headed. What are you thinking? The doctor was full of it, right? I don't know what to think. Nothing's adding up. The coroner notes came back The man had three liters of blood in his stomach, indicating his tooth removal happened when he was alive. The extreme burns that erased his face also happening around that same time. Ugh. What could have been used to do this? 
And how's Dr. Beaumont cut up in this? What do you mean, Brennan? It's obvious she's the one responsible for all of this. Get that warrant, and let's get back up to that house. Schaefer, you don't have a clue what you're saying. Lisa Beaumont's definitely involved somehow, but I'm not ready to send out the cavalry yet. Part of me's still on the fence about her. You're crazy, Brennan. We're going to lose the opportunity if you're not careful with those feelings of yours. You talked to the chief yet? Yeah, pressure's on. This hits the news tonight. Don't lose it, Brennan. We need you. Hello, Doctor. Morgan sits in his usual spot at the chess table in this secluded area of the park. The piece is all set up, except for my one remaining pawn. Please, have a- Hello, Morgan. I was disappointed to have missed you last time. I waited, but I never saw you. Morgan plays his move. I was busy, Morgan. My life hasn't exactly been going as smooth as I'd like, and a lot of things have been suffering because of it. You sound very- Serious, Doctor? Is this something I might be able to help with? I don't know if you'd be able to help with this, Morgan. I keep my fingers on the front pawn, but leave it in the same position. I was saddened to not see you for our last session. Your move, Doctor. I look Morgan in the face, his eyes looking back at me, and I move the pawn to another position without looking at the board. I look for something in his eyes, some kind of window to open and explain everything but Morgan is locked up tight. Are you okay, Doctor? You seem disturbed. The feeling coming up again. Morgan, what is happening here? What do you mean? Today I verbally attacked a longtime patient of mine. Someone I consider a dear friend. Someone I have nothing but love for and would never speak to in such a way. And I don't know how it happened. I couldn't control myself, and I don't know why, but I believe you do. I notice Morgan start to squirm under this immediate pressure. He's hiding something. Doctor, I don't know what you're talking about. The heat swelling again and bubbling in my throat. Morgan, one of my patients is dead, and the other has decided to transfer to another doctor because of what I said. Something came over, and something is coming over me right now, right here. You know what it is, and I'm not leaving until you tell me. Are you doing this? Morgan moves in his seat, shifting his weight as his eyes start to look around the board, avoiding eye contact. I don't like this, Doctor. I don't like us speaking like this. I need to find out what is happening, Morgan. I've been getting this feeling in my chest, an extreme heat that is burning up my throat as we speak. I don't like being spoken to like this, Doctor. The fire in my voice again. I know you're part of this, Morgan. It all started with you. Morgan, in an angry outburst, sweeps all of the pieces from the board, placing his hands on the cold marble and staring back at me with the same intensity that's burning within me. Who do you think I am, Doctor? What has been your assessment of me thus far? Am I a troubled individual that fits the profile of what? Someone who can't seem to hang on? Someone who keeps missing that line that guides us home? It's time to look within yourself, Doctor. Maybe it's your own rotting core that's poisoning your life. How did you know that saying? Morgan's eyes widen with surprise. What saying? The line that guides us all home, Dr. Soren. My psychiatrist said that to me yesterday. How did you know that? 
I believe that's common saying, Doctor. I know you are responsible, Morgan. You aren't telling me what's controlling all of this. I can't help you, Morgan. Please leave me alone from now on. Detectives have been in contact with me, so I'd be careful where you step. I stand up and I look down at him. Anger fills his core as his pursed lips snarl like a rabid dog. Words starting to form, but I shut him down. Doctor? Your move. Goodbye, Morgan. I straighten my jacket and leave Morgan in this secluded area of the park. I walk with power in my step, but a haunting feeling washes over me. The feeling that I may have just lit a fuse to which I can't see where it ends or what will eventually explode. It's Allie. Please keep listening to this message. Even if you don't call me back, just please hear me out. I really need you right now. I really need you right now. I just left my psychiatrist. And she was accusing me of all these weird things. And... I feel like I'm losing it. I need someone to talk to. Please call me back, even for a second. I just need to hear from someone familiar. Please. This is she. Okay. Okay. Yes, I need to see another doctor immediately. Do you have any openings today? I decide to try and move on as best I can, in the best way I know how. Some days I feel like an extra understanding between me and the man at the liquor store as he sets an extra bottle in my bag. Days like today and nights like tonight. I close my front door behind me and walk into my destroyed home. The floors and counters caked with dust, like I hadn't been home in months. I walk into the living room and see my aunt's package sitting on the table. How did... Something from my left swiftly moves towards me. Ah!
broad daylight in the middle of a busy San Francisco neighborhood. Police say nobody claims to have witnessed how the body got there. Local law enforcement will definitely have their work cut out for them as the mysterious details of this brutal case continue to pile up. My eyes begin to open. This news report hitting my ears as I start to come chill. My eyes blinking and pushing the fog from my vision. I go to lift my hands and realize they are tied around my back. Wire bounds my wrists and feet as I sit strapped into one of my dining table chairs in the center of my living room. Blood already caked around the metal wire. I must have been hard to tie down. As my eyes become less crossed, I look in front of me to see a TV in the middle of this near pitch black room. The TV flickering and creating weird shadows around my living room, like people ducking in and out of my peripheral vision. I squint into the light of the TV to see if I can see around the room, but everything is dark. Movement from behind me. A man's figure walks around me, silhouetted by the TV at first before coming into view. Morgan. Hello, Doctor. My heart nearly stops as I realize that fuse lit from earlier found its way, snaking through the city streets, up the wooded mountain road, into my home, and right under my nose, as Morgan's twisted smile pulls upward, Morgan being the fuse and the fire yet to arrive. He stands up, sipping my wine from glass. Hello, Morgan. What are you doing? I'm making sure that you don't get us locked away to the end of time. And enjoying what Aunt Shelley sent you. <laughs> Remember that? The package you so perfectly ignored? Just like your past. Morgan holds an open notebook in the hand opposite his wine and flips through the pages. What do you mean, us? Oh, did you hear the news, Doctor? Listen. The only connection police are sure of is the connection to the recent disappearance and grisly murder of local carpenter Miguel Segura. Segura was found prepared in the same way that this recent body was found. Although, while Mr. Segura's remains were hidden deep into the mountains, this time the police are saying the killer is no longer trying to hide anything. He mutes the television and starts walking around me, circling me in my chair like a shark, surrounded by a deep ocean of darkness. I glance into the darkness and swear I can see more people watching us, faces moving around the room. So you tell me what's going on, Doctor. Treating your patients just like your memories. They only help when they help you. Otherwise, we might as well just sit in a box and rot, right? I hope you were paying attention because things were made a little more difficult. Do you remember this? I used to love these toys. He holds up a toy horse that my aunt had given me as a child. He sets it on the ground in front of me, winding the toy up and letting it go. The horse moves around in a circle and then right at me, bumping my toes and coming to a stop. They found Allie, Doctor. What? Allie? What happened to Allie? Oh, Doctor. Let me just make one thing clear, and you need to believe me when I say this. We're on the same side. You and me. The wire is a little much, I know, but I couldn't have you running away from me again. We need to have a conversation, Doctor. Morgan kneels down at my feet and looks me right in the face, and I stare back. 
my head screaming with headaches and exhaustion. He opens his mouth to speak when I see the panic in Morgan's face. Dr. Lisa Beaumont. The detectives. The fire to Morgan's fuse. Morgan stands up straight, his muscles tensing as panic fills him, his movements jittering as he moves around to my back. I can feel his fingers frantically pulling the wire off of my wrists, my face wrenching in pain as he moves too quickly. He moves back around to my feet, untangles the wire from me and throws the wire across the room. I look toward the slightly open back door, convincing myself that running won't do any good at this point. Doctor, you need to get rid of them. They cannot come in. My eyes filling with tears as the news of Allie finally hitting me. What are you afraid of? That they're going to catch you? Trust me, doctor. They're here for you. You're a monster! Morgan moves towards me and grabs me by the throat like he's trying to strangle me. But he just holds my face level with his. Something moves from his hands and into me. A connection that I never felt was bridged between the two of us in that moment. An ice cold touch, but somehow a comforting warmth moves through me, filling me with confusion. Doctor, doctor, believe me when I say we are in the same boat and there is a leak. Listen to them. We need to speak to you. They are calling your name, doctor. Dr. Lisa Beaumont. Trust me, the monster is yet to be seen and they will, they will only hurt for both our sakes get rid of them. I realize on some level that Morgan makes sense. The detectives are here for me, not him. I snap back to the situation before me and I take steps towards the door. Morgan sneaking around the room. Out of sight, I quickly step toward the front door as a deja vu feeling washes over me. The cold wind from under the door biting my toes as I walk closer to the front door. I wipe my face and hair around to cover a small cut on the side of my head. My hand extended about two feet too early. My hand grips the knob and turns. The seal from the door popping like an airplane door as the weather outside is amplified by my windy doorway. I open the door just enough to peek my head out, trying not to reveal my home inside. The detectives stand there soaking even under their umbrellas. The second detective standing a couple of feet behind the first detective, scowling at me as the rain drips from his nose. Dr. Beaumont? Do you remember us? Detective Brennan and Detective Schaefer? We were wondering if we could take a look inside. Detectives, this is absolutely not a good time. I would be happy to speak with you in the morning, but I can't speak to you right now. I go to slam the door when something stops me. I look down to see that Detective Brennan has placed his foot, stopping the door from closing. I look back up in a cold sweat, seeing a small grin on both of their faces. Huh. Would you look at that? Look where my foot is. It's in the door. My heart hitting my stomach. Detective Brennan holds up a warrant. A warrant issued to search this address. My home. Excuse me, doctor. We'll be taking a look around. The detectives move past me and walk into my home. The feeling of that burning fuse moving past me as well. People never seem to notice this, but there is always a moment before a disaster happens where the people involved are at complete peace, whether it's seconds before an explosion or seeing a car speeding toward you with nowhere to go. I now 
know that feeling. 